We spent the last several weeks looking at Abraham and looking at him as the father of faith and as a great example of faith. And we have seen that we are always being called to leave where we are in order to go where God has for us to go. And uh, we've talked about all the different ways that we leave and and we've been talking about going and what that means. We're called to leave the world and to go into his kingdom. And it's something that we're going to continue doing our whole lives because that's spiritual growth. You're born again and then you begin to live a new life in Christ You begin to live a life as a child of God in a way that you never have been before. And you grow. You come to know who he is more and more. And as you do that, you become aware of who you are and more and more how much you need him. And you just uh, continually are going to be finding growing edges you're going to be continually called to be leaving where you are in order to go where God has for you to go next. And uh, we're starting a new phase in looking at faith by starting to look this morning at several spiritual principles or laws, you might call them, that for some reason, a lot of people just aren't aware of. It's all around them, and uh, they may even practice them in certain ways. But I'm hoping that as we go through these different scriptural principles, that somewhere along the way as we go through these, you'll discover your growing edge. That place where the Lord has for you to go that uh, you haven't been yet. That place where you'll wind up having your third, fourth, fifth, or sixth conversion as you step into new realms of life that you didn't even know were there till you stepped through the door and started walking in that new place that he had for you to be. Now, today we're going to be looking at generosity. Next week, we're going to be looking at the law of use. And then we're going to look at perseverance and then responsibility and greatness and unity and miracles and dominion. And then finally, progression. Now, progression, what we're talking about there is the sure and certain return of the Lord and how that is happening. You look at the newspaper and you'll see that that is a principle that's in place and we're getting closer and closer to his return every day. So, uh, but there's some things we need to know about that. And we're going to be looking at all these things in the next few weeks. Now, these scriptural principles, I think we're starting with one that is most important to the Lord. And should be, because of that, most important to you. And that is basically generosity. Tied in with that is the law of reciprocity. You know, you reap what you sow. 
And uh, that does, you, you reap good, you're so good. You reap bad, you're so bad. You know, there's the, that's the reciprocity. But Jesus calls us in the, the Sermon on the Mount, as we we're reading it this morning, to be more than just reciprocal in things. Not to just get to, to give in order to receive. We're actually supposed to be giving, not expecting anything from anybody. But at the same time, we wind up in a place where he tells us we're going to wind up with more than we give. But he calls us in this passage to be giving in so many ways. He calls us to be generous in so many ways. He calls us to be generous in our forgiveness, generous in our mercy, generous in how we esteem people when it comes to holding them in contempt or uh, being uh, uh, judgmental toward them in any way. He calls us in this passage to be giving and loving, not to just those who can love us, but to those who hate our guts. Let's face it. We're supposed to be loving to them. You see, this is more than just reciprocity. We're talking about generosity, giving more than is even expected of you. Because you see, that's the way God gives, isn't it? That's the way he gives. He causes the rain to fall on the righteous and the unrighteous. Whenever Jesus was uh, hanging there on the cross in so much pain, instead of calling down 10,000 angels, he prayed that they would be forgiven, those that put him there on that cross. That's generosity. That's above and beyond what you would expect someone to do. And we have been adopted into a family. And I love the way that, uh, that Jesus puts it uh, toward the very end. But love your enemies and do good and lend expecting nothing in return and your reward will be great. And you will be children of the Most High. For he himself is kind to ungrateful and evil people. So we're called to be like our Heavenly Father as we walk with him and grow in him in his kingdom and in his family. The family resemblance should become clearer and clearer every day. And as we uh, endeavor to understand what he has for us, we're going to discover our need and we're going to admit it. We're going to find he is sufficient and he'll meet that need and we will continue to move on. Be merciful just as your father is merciful. Well, you know, the word believe is used 272 times in the Bible. And that's an important word. The word pray is used 371 times. That's another important word. And also the word love is used 714 times. 
And we know that the Lord thinks that that's important. He's commanded us to do that. But the word give is used 2,162 times in the Bible. Were you aware of that? Just, just so many, many more times. Do you think God may want us to learn to be generous? I think so. I think he's calling us to be like him. He's calling us to be giving people. There was a man driving down the road who almost didn't see an old lady who was stranded on the side of the road. But even in the dim light of day, he could see that she needed help. And so he pulled up in front of her Mercedes and got out. His Pontiac was still sputtering whenever he approached her. And even while the smile uh, on his face uh, was disarming, she was worried. No one had stopped to help her for the last hour or two. She didn't know what to expect from this man. He didn't look safe. He actually looked poor and hungry. He could see that she was frightened standing out there in the cold. He knew how she felt. It was uh, those chills which only fear can put in you. He said, I'm here to help you, ma'am. Why don't you wait in the car where it's warm? By the way, my name is Brian. Well, all she had was a flat tire. But for an old lady, that was bad enough. Brian crawled under the car looking for the place to put the back, to put the jack and uh, skinned his knuckles a time or two trying to get it in place. Soon he was able to change the tire, but he had to get dirty and his hands hurt. As he was tightening up the lugs, she rolled down the window and began to talk to him. She told him that she was from St. Louis and was only passing through. She couldn't thank him enough for coming to her aid. Brian just smiled as he closed her trunk. She asked him how much she owed him. Any amount would have been all right with her. She had already imagined all the awful things that could have happened had not he stopped. Brian never thought twice about the money, though. This wasn't a job to him. This was helping someone in need. And God knows there were plenty who had given him a hand in the past. He had lived his whole life that way. And it never occurred to him to act any other way. He told her that if she really wanted to pay him back, the next time she saw one who needed help, she could give that person the assistance they needed. And Brian added, and think of me. He waited until she started her car and drove off. It had been a cold and depressing day, but he felt good as he headed home. Uh, he disappeared into the twilight. A few miles down the road, the lady saw a small cafe. She went in to grab a bite to eat and uh, something to take home with her. It was a dingy looking restaurant and outside were two old gas pumps. Her waitress came over and uh, brought the lady a clean towel to wipe her wet hair with. She had a sweet smile. 
one that even being on her feet for the whole day couldn't erase. The lady noticed that the waitress was nearly eight months pregnant, but she never let the strain or the aches change her attitude. The old lady wondered how someone who had so little could be so giving to a stranger. And then she remembered Brian. After the lady finished her meal and the waitress went to uh, get change for the $100 bill she'd given her, the lady slipped right out the door. She was gone by the time the waitress came back. She wondered where the lady could be And then she noticed something written on a napkin under which were four $100 bills. There were tears in her eyes when she read what the lady wrote. It said, you don't owe me anything. I have been there too. Somebody once helped me out the way I'm helping you. If you really want to pay me back, here is what you do. Do not let this chain of love end with you. Well, there were tables to clear, sugar bowls to fill, and people to serve. But the waitress made it through another day. That night when she got home and she climbed into bed, she was thinking about the money and what the lady had written. How could the lady have known how much She and her husband needed it. With the baby new next month, it was really going to be hard. She knew how worried her husband was as he lay sleeping next to her. She gave him a soft kiss and she whispered soft and low, Everything's going to be all right. I love you, Brian. Well, that's an example of the way the Lord wants us to be to each other. We give, not expecting anything in return. And he blesses in ways that we cannot imagine. Now remember, generosity is a law in the kingdom of God. It governs every aspect of life. People just don't realize how important it is for them to come away, to leave self-centeredness and selfishness and the maliciousness that so many people find themselves in today and instead to be those who are loving and caring and doing for one another. Jesus said, the thief comes but to kill and to steal and to destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Now, entering into the abundant life begins, as we've been talking about, by leaving the realm of the thief and starting to live in God's kingdom. And you cannot do that by living in self-centeredness and just thinking of yourself. You know, during the Great Depression, there was a field uh, that uh, was owned by a sheep ranch owner, a uh, sheep rancher by the name of Yates. Mr. Yates wasn't able to make enough on his ranching operation to pay the 
principal and interest on the mortgage. And this is during the Great Depression. And so it was that he got close to losing his ranch. And with little money for clothes or food, uh, his family had to live on a government subsidy. And day after day, as he grazed his sheep over those uh, rolling West Texas hills, he was no doubt greatly troubled about how he was going to pay his bills. And then a seismographic crew from an oil company came into the area and told him there might be oil on his land. And they asked for permission to drill a wildcat well, and he signed a lease contract. At 1,115 feet, they struck a huge oil reserve. The first well came in at 80,000 barrels a day. Many subsequent wells were more than twice as large. In fact, 30 years after the discovery, a government test of one of the wells showed it still had the potential flow of 125,000 barrels of oil a day. And Mr. Yates owned it all. The day he purchased the land, he received the oil and the mineral rights that went along with it. And yet he'd been living as a pauper. He'd been living on relief. A multimillionaire living in poverty. And the problem was he didn't know the oil was there, even though he owned it. Many Christians today are living in spiritual poverty. They're entitled to uh, so many of the gifts of the kingdom and, uh, and the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit's energizing power, but they're not aware of their birthright. If you've received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and been born again, you have a wealth that you may not even be aware of. And that's what we're going to be talking about the next few weeks. And one of the most important things that you need to know and remember in all of this when it comes to generosity, and I hope that you will be confronted with an opportunity to be generous this next week. And I hope that you'll realize that whenever that happens, God is your source. And just because you give doesn't mean you're going to run out. So many times you wind up not having until you give. Um, I ran across, I remembered a story about Corey Ten Boom that pretty well illustrates this. Whatever you'll recall, many of you know, Corey Ten Boom was a, a Dutch lady who wound up uh, in a Nazi concentration camp because uh, she and her family were helping uh, Jews during uh, uh, the, the Holocaust time. And uh, she wound up in this camp and her sister had a vitamin deficiency. And the first camp they were in, they were able to have uh, vitamins and she was able to, to help her sister out and she took care of the vitamins for her sister. But then they moved to another much more stringent camp and they weren't allowed to take much of anything with them. And Corey stuck the vitamin bottle 
in um, uh, some clothing that she had. And they went through everything as they were uh, going uh, 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 through the gate to this new camp. But somehow when they came to Corey, the guard just looked at her and said, quit holding up the line, move on, and let her on through. And she had the vitamins. And so the first night that they were there, she realized that there were 25 women in that room that are with her, that they were stuck in, that had the same vitamin deficiency that her sister Betsy had. There weren't a whole lot, there weren't a whole lot of vitamins in that bottle. So what did she do? She figured out that if she gave everybody, all 25, 26, counting her sister, women, vitamins, they wouldn't make it through the night. They'd make it through one day probably. And if she just kept them for Betsy, Betsy could make it 25 days and they'd all be gone. So Corey knew this principle in her heart. She didn't really know how it worked, but she knew that she had to share what she had with those who were in need. And so 26 women lined up and each got a drop out of the vitamin bottle. The next night, they lined up. Each one got a drop out of the vitamin bottle. And so it went night after night after night. And they began to wonder, where are all the vitamins coming from? What's going on here? And they remembered the story about the the woman in the Old Testament whose oil never ran out. And they said, well, the Lord's just supplying. They kept on. Every now, every time, one more drop would come out of the bottle. And then one day, a woman came uh, up to her and said, look what I have for you. And she opened up a box and it was full of bottles of vitamins, just tons of vitamins. They were going to be set with vitamins. She thought, well, I need to go ahead and use up what's left in this bottle first turned it up, not one drop came out. That's the way it is with God, isn't it? He may not give you extra, but he gives you enough. He gives you what is sufficient. And uh, so I just want to encourage you in the week ahead that you'll just prayerfully consider those in need around you and do it with an eye toward the fact that you are God's child that you are one who is being supplied by your father who has the cattle on a thousand hills and you're not going to be able to outgive him. As you share what you have with his other children, he's going to make sure you get what you need. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.